Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Right. Well, here we are in part two of our two-part series, all about how to sell a business in a pandemic. So this, as I said, is part two of a two-part series with Zoran from Exclusive Business Sales. And if you missed part one, it might be an idea to go back and have a listen to that first, because in part one, we talked all about the current market, what it's looking like at the moment, what the impact has been of the past year and a bit of the pandemic on valuations of businesses and lots of other tips and tricks in relation to the practicalities of selling a business in a pandemic. And in this episode, part two, we're really going to have a bit of a look back at the predictions that Zoran and I made a year ago in this area, and also talk a little bit about our predictions now for the short-term and long-term future moving forward. And Zoran and I are digging into these topics in a lot more detail in a webinar that we are about to run that's all about selling a business in a pandemic. In that webinar, we'll be really drilling into some of the practicalities. We'll be providing some tips and tricks, and we'll also be discussing some of those murky areas in relation to deal structuring. We'll be driving into vendor finance, deferred payments, earnouts, retention, stage payments, all of those sorts of things. Um, so if you're looking at buying or selling in a pandemic, make sure you uh, join in on that webinar. Head over to our show notes for you, you can hit the registration button and register yourself. But for now, buckle in because here we go with our discussion with Zoran all about selling a business in a pandemic. Here we go. Zoran, welcome back to part two of our two-part series all about selling a business in a pandemic. I had so much fun in part one. We just have to continue the discussion in part two. And we did promise to give our listeners a little bit of a um, a run over what we what we came up with in our crystal ball gazing last year when we did this discussion. So cast your mind back a year ago, Zoran. What um, well, I try, try, what we were saying try a year and a half ago, <laughs> and did it come true? <laughs> well, look, it, it seemed like everything stopped for about three four months uh, at the beginning, and then then after that, what happened? What I thought is going to happen is just, you know, everything goes back to equilibrium. So if you, if the, uh, from the memory, I think the, the think, uh, number of the businesses or new businesses in the market dropped up by about 50%. So my prediction was when everything is open up, you're going to have a normal levels plus 50%. And then you're going to get all these people when the job keeper and everything else stops. Mm. Then you're going to have people in, you know, being in distress uh, and selling. So there was definitely spike in businesses going on the market after first lockdown. And it was really hard to handle, actually, because there was this, it, it surprised this influx of the businesses, even though they were kind of predicted it, but urgency from them, mm-hmm. because whatever 
reason was, you know, six or 12 months before that now that reason was even more, more important to you to actually move on. So people wanted to do it. Yes. One thing they didn't have was the liquidations and liquidations mm. at the moment. Uh, well, depending which data you're looking at and, but, but insolvency, people in the insolvency industry, about 40% down still. Mm. Some data that I saw on the internet, then, you know, in normal times, uh, it, there, there was about 800 liquidations per month. In Australia, at the moment, it's between two and 400. Mm. And, but that's normal times. After GFC, it was about 1,000 to 1,200. I hope these numbers are right. But, you know, we, we are way below 40% of the normal liquidations. And the, the reasons for that is the banks are not pushing. The taxation department is looking at its extension of government policy. And it doesn't make sense with one hand to hand the money and with the other hand to, to ask for that money back. And, uh, but another thing is the tax debt has ballooned. Mm. And it's really hard to get exact data. But it, it's it's substantially higher than was before the pandemic, so that is yet to unravel. Mm. And anyone's guess is when that's going to start and how that's going to impact everything. Mm. Now, on the other hand, JobKeeper helped help some of these people to actually get out of their trouble. It did, it did, it did, and and it certainly it was interesting because I thought when JobKeeper was set to end after its first tranche, I was really expecting a massive cliff. But, of course, then there was this extension for the businesses that were in the most pain, and I think that really helped to taper. Okay, to- I'm going to say something controversial. Okay, right? go for it. Well, it's not like you if you don't say something controversial. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's not like a small business, a medium business, the director makes the decisions based on, you know, director's responsibility, all right? People don't actually say, who I'm going towards being insolvent, so I'm going to pull the pin because this is thing to do and this is what's, what needs to be done legally. In small business, people go belly up when there is no other option. Right? <laughs> so they try everything and anything, and they very rarely make a decision. And this is anecdotal. It's just my experience. Or I don't have a data to prove it, but I'm sure if I look for it, I'll find it. So, so, so what actually happened? Someone else put some liquidation. Somebody said, "Hey, if you don't pay this, and the biggest liquidator of the businesses are the finances, the finance institution, banks, and number one is a tax department. And if they're not instigating liquidations, the liquidations." won't be high. Mm. Look, I think the other factor is also that the directors feel exposed personally to personal liability. Um, and, you know, we, we did see for a while a number of elements that, you know, were, were more, a more protective regime for directors. So last year in Sydney, and um, we spoke about in part one that of course, different states are impacted differently. But in Sydney, at least, where, you know, a lot of the business sale and acquisition activity in Australia is driven from, um, obviously, in Sydney last year, the lockdown was a lot shorter, but the impact on business sales was massive initially. And we had breaks around about a 
perhaps a month after lockdown, we had deals that were still on the move. A lot of them did complete and then suddenly everything new that was coming in stopped. Stopped for a couple of months and then it started dribbling in and then the floodgates opened. I was really buoyant about the whole industry in this year because I could see a lot of pent-up ambition and activity by buyers. I know we were working with a lot of buyers who were getting themselves ready to go really quickly. When this recent series of lockdowns happened, I didn't see the brakes come on. I have seen it slow down a bit, but um, you know, I was really buoyant at uh, the last time we spoke and I'm really buoyant again. And I just feel, you know, my perception is that there's a lot of people who are looking to do a lot of acquisitions as soon as they feel that a bit of the confidence has returned about us opening. Yeah, uh, I think that here the deals are happening. I, I think why you didn't see the slowdown, it's because the conversion rate is better. So, like, you know, say if, uh, you know, one in three businesses were selling, well, now you're selling two out of three, but there's a less supply. Mm. So there's a less supply of the businesses to sell. So from our point of view, uh, being an industry, living out of people selling and buying businesses, it's going very well. Mm. Sellers, the vendors thinking, well, it's not a good time to put a business on the market. Yeah. And that created a definitely seller's market, in my opinion. Yeah. What I think is going to happen now is, well, well one thing that I think go, go, going forward, everybody's waiting for this to finish and we're going to go back to normal. All right. We're not going to get back to normal anytime soon. All right. Mm -hmm. So even if, you know, one state gets vaccinated very, very quickly, well, you still can't travel interstate because they're not fully vaccinated. So you're looking probably first end of first quarter next year that we're going to go back to normality. Now, if you're the seller of the business, that could be very, very long time because you already postponed decision for six, maybe more months. So you're looking 12 months. And then once when you take a business to the market, takes on average 200 days to complete the deal. Mm. All right? So you're looking getting getting out of the business, if you're waiting for this to finish, and then putting a business on the market, you, you, you're looking getting out of the business, what's now, 20, so that's 20, that's December next year. Mm. Yeah, and that's a long wait, isn't it? It you is. Know, for a it summer, is. You know, um, well, well, one thing, one thing, because we're talking about pandemic and stuff. One thing, valuations didn't change. So, what has changed is basis for valuation. Well, that doesn't really make sense. Actually, it does. Listen, so, <laughs> so multiplies the Let's people. Let's test are this, Zoran. We'll yeah, tell you if it makes sense. Multiplies <laughs> the, the people are, uh, are paying hasn't changed. Yeah. All right. So we're still looking anywhere between twenty five percent return about 40 percent return on the business so right what has changed is profitability of the business and it's all over the place not necessarily done in many cases 21 was one of the best years on record for people mm -hmm. but when they, when you dissect it when you go a little bit further into the detail you find out that the job keeper had an effect and that job keeper could have an effect both ways because maybe you had to pay top up of the wages as well so or and it really doesn't reflect operations of the business looking at the last year. So you got to go far back and then from there assess where future is going to hold, and which is not impossible, but you're making the best assessment as you can. And because of that, these deferred payments and some sort of earnouts 
uh, are coming into play. So, so the way we sell businesses and the profitability of the businesses has changed, but the multipliers have not changed. If anything, in some instances, well, in some industries, they, they did go down, and we're not going to name the name the guilty parties. But in some industries, the multipliers have gone uh, have gone up. And take, for example, overseas uh, 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 travel versus domestic travel, so yeah. stuff like that. And it, when you when you're running your businesses, you really but, but that's not permanent. Either. So 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 whatever's happening in in certain industry today. In six months' time, it will be different. Not maybe, it will be different. Mm. All right. So all this needs to be taken in, in consideration. Nevertheless, the buyers are still looking for very same returns that they were always looking. And I think going forward, and even now, and going forward, small business and medium business is going to become more and more attractive uh, uh, acquisition yeah. or investment. Because the interest rates, I mean, where else are you going to put the money? Uh, Bitcoin, oh, back to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, and I've been part of a number of discussions recently in the um, finance and wealth um, management space, and there's a lot of energy around business as an investment vehicle, and I think for very good reason. And so, once again, I am an optimist, um, uh, but I'm I'm really buoyant about where we're going to be next year. But um, but but I guess then also this comes back to what do businesses need to do to prepare themselves now? And I guess Zoran, you would say. Number one, don't wait. Get yourself on the market. Right. On the market right away, right away, right away. <laughs> and and of course, we're about to have a webinar um, where we're going to dig into um, some of the issues and some of the benefits of selling your business in a pandemic. How you how you go about doing that, the impact on valuation, and 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 we'll drive into some of these considerations in terms of deal structures for deferred payments, retentions, earnouts, because all of these elements become particularly important when we're looking at doing deals in uncertain times, um, like the pandemic that we're in right now. But but I guess just in terms of, and, and if you're interested in registering for that, we've got a registration details in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show notes and register for that webinar now. Um, but but I guess in rounding out this conversation, Zoran, the, the point is, um, the, the market is still relatively buoyant right now. There's still stuff going on. Deals are happening. Uh, John, it's not relatively buoyant. It, it's overheating. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. Look, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. So we got probably about 50 investment, um, private investment companies. So these, um, uh, you know, you get a, you get a 10, 15, 50 uh, um, uh, high wealthy individuals. They put money together and they got the funds of 50 to 100 million dollars and they're looking to buy a few businesses which are three to five to ten million dollars and to merge them together and then uh, uh, keep them keep them for 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 the return on investment mm. because it makes a lot of sense it's not speculative it's actually uh positively good investment and mm. seriously positively good i can tell you that five years ago or or maybe, well, five years ago, 
there was few and far between people like this. They were doing it now. There's more and more of them because there is a lot of cash on the market and nowhere to park it. Because, look, three ways you can do investment. You can buy the cash investment, which, you know, bonds and, and term deposits, where you put the money and that's going to return you like one or two percent. It's a joke. You're not going to do that. All right? The other thing, it's a speculative investment. So right? when you buy something and you speculate, it's going to go up, right? Which is at the moment, housing is really hot. Shares are really hot and everything that's going up. But the businesses were always investment that gives you return on your investment. And it's a continuous return. So you're not going to get a capital gain on business unless you improve that business. It's definitely not going to be quick like it can be on the share market or other investments. But it is a really good, uh, strong, long-term investment. And they're still selling. You, you can expect anywhere between 20 and 40% return. It's not one year. It's continuous return if done mm-hmm. properly. All right? mm-hmm. Well, in some instances, you can you know, lose it all very quickly. But, look, you've got to control. It's not speculative. If you're going to lose your money, you're going to do really well. <laughs> but, but it's an active investment because you do have a control when you buy the right? so, so So you're relying on your own skills and ability to, to run it. It's supposed to putting money into something that you don't understand and hoping for the best. Yeah. So I think, like, uh, business investment, you know, the business transaction in small businesses and million businesses is here to stay and no one's going to change. All right. Yeah. It just, my, my message, and look, we said, look, you know, the best time is to sell today, sell it now. I honestly think if you see the reason why business owners sell businesses, it's only 20% is retirement. Everything else is something else. So it could be changing your circumstances, changing the business, better opportunity, moving, family issues, whatever it is. All right. And these things often can't wait that long, all right? And at the moment, you don't know how long you're going to have to wait. You can't even make a plan if you're waiting to be on the other side of this. But the buyers are there. They're in the similar circumstances. So deals are happening. And it, 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 is a, it is a quite bit different from the first lockdown that we had. It's way more active. We are used to talking to people on the Zoom, little, yeah. looking at little people on the, on the screen, on the little pictures. It's just... You know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but that's what it is. It so is. because of this, deals are happening and no reason to postpone the sale unless you've got some issue within the business that won't be resolved until the end of the, of the pandemic. Yeah, and and there are some of those around as well. And uh, I think perhaps sometimes the fear is that the business won't, whilst you're talking about um you know, the last financial year being a very strong financial year for many businesses. It's not true across the board, of course. It's not all businesses. And some businesses feel exposed by putting the, the, you know, the business on the market um, at a period that they feel that they're more vulnerable. But um, there are many, you know, buyers understand that it's been an unusual set of circumstances. Um, everyone's used to dealing with this now. We've been in it for a while and there's ways around it. We, we also, you know, hit the waiting fatigue. I mean, how long can I wait for? Like, you know, yeah, like that's right. Just getting older, like, you know, yeah. things are changing. So yeah. you can't wait. And and also you don't know how long you're going to wait. I mean, look at this, 2021, we're in this for how long? Two, two, two years, one and a half. One and a half, yeah. One and a half. It feels years. like a hundred years, I guess. Yeah, it feels like a hundred. <laughs> but 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 you don't know when you're going to be out of it, all right? Yeah. So it's another year and a half. That's that's like waiting to invest in a you know stock market or or housing market when the market corrects. Well, 
markets can be irrational way longer than when you can be patient. So you, it, love goes on. You, you, yeah. Deals are happening and you get, there's no reason to postpone it. Totally agree. Well, look, Zoran, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming back onto the show. And, of course, if you're interested in digging deep into this whole area of selling your business in a pandemic, Zoran and I are getting deep into each of these topics, talking about the impact of COVID-19 on business valuations, the current market, how to deal with different ways of structuring the deals and how to prep your business for sale in a market like this. So make sure you find the registration link in the show notes and come along and bring your questions for Zoran and I. Zoran, if our listeners want to contact you in the meantime to talk about getting their business ready for sale, or indeed if they're looking at buying a business and want to see what you have got listed and ready there for them as buyers, how do they contact you? Look, best thing is to just find the website. All our contact details are there. It's exclusive business sales. It's spelled X-C-L-L-U-S-I-V-E, business sales. Just Google it. It'll come up. You know, it's very interactive. Find the stuff that you're interested in. There's a lot of information on the website as well, but everyone contact details. We're just a phone call away. Brilliant. Okay. And of course, we'll link through to that in the show notes as well. Zoran, I just want to say a massive thank you. And I'm looking forward to digging deeper into all of this in our webinar coming up really soon. Yeah. Thank you for putting this together. So I think this shows together because I think it's really important for people to get as informed as they possibly can before they actually put a business on the market. And it's yeah. a big decision in their lives. And I think you're doing a great job. Brilliant. Thank you, Zoran. I didn't pay you to say that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. No, I mean. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Zoran. Well, that's it for our two-part series all about selling businesses in a pandemic with Zoran from Exclusive Business Brokers. And of course, over the last two episodes, we've been talking all about the ins and outs of selling businesses in a pandemic. I hope you found that really useful. Now, don't forget that Zoran and I are about to run a webinar where we are going to dig deep into this topic. So if you're interested in understanding about how to prepare your business for a sale in a pandemic, or indeed, if you're thinking about purchasing a business and are interested in the impact of a pandemic, or you just really want to learn more about deal structuring, earnouts, deferred payments, retentions, then make sure you come along to our webinar. You'll find a registration link in the show notes and at our podcast page for this episode at the thedealroompodcast.com. There you'll also be able to find details of how to contact Zoran at Exclusive Business Brokers if you'd like a little bit of assistance with getting your business ready to put on the market. There you'll also, of course, find details of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. We've got a number of products to help businesses get sale ready and that is of critical importance if you're looking at selling your business. So we help businesses prepare for sale and undertake the sale transaction. And of course, we also act 
on the buy side as well, helping prepare buyers for an acquisition, helping them undertake the due diligence and other investigations they need to into the business to make sure it's the right business for purchase and help them navigate the transaction documents along the way. So if you'd like to talk about how we might be able to assist your business or those of your clients in a sale or acquisition, then just head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au and book yourself a free initial appointment to talk with our legal team. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Don't forget to register for our upcoming webinar and I look forward to having you on the show next time. Thanks. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.